Sycamore Township meeting for May the 7th, 2020. The time is 7.04. Tonight we are following House Bill 197 because of the COVID-19 pandemic. This allows local government the opportunity to conduct meetings remotely and to carry out business while complying with the stay at home and social distancing recommendations. And tonight uh, we have the added technology to take live calls in our public comments section. Our invocation this evening will be read by our road supervisor, Mr. Tracy Collins. Okay, first of all, I'd like to say today uh, normally would have been our national day of prayer, always well attended, one of my favorite events that we do for the year. Uh, unfortunately, we had to cancel that and and hopefully we can do it again next year because I, I think that's a, a, a great event for our community. So if you'd pray with me, uh, Heavenly Father, uh, during this trying time in our nation, we really ask that you uh, watch over and bless all of our local churches and their members. Uh, there's so much going on, Lord, that uh, people really are, are looking to get back to church, and, and we hope that can happen soon, Father. Uh, we ask for your blessing over our world leaders. We ask our blessing over our, our nation's leaders, over our president, our vice president, and their families, and over Congress and their families, Lord. We ask for prayers for our state leaders, our governor, our lieutenant governor, our representatives and senators, and over our local leaders, Lord, not only our trustees, but all the local leaders throughout our area. We pray that you give our leaders the desire to seek your wisdom, Lord, and the courage to follow your guidance. We pray for a fresh outpouring of your spirit, Lord. We're grateful for your love, Father. As we begin the meeting, we ask that you send us your Holy Spirit to guide us as we discuss the business's hand. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Tracy. And now our pledge to the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Fiscal Officer Rob Porter, would you please call the roll? Mr. LaBarbera. Here, present. Mr. James. Here. Mr. Weedman. Present. I'm gonna ask Mr. James, Mr. Weedman, Mr. Porter and our law director, Mr. Desai, do you give your authorization for your name to be signed electronically? I do. I, do. Yes. I will also give my approval. I'm making a motion to approve the April 14th, 2020 workshop meeting minutes that we have a second. Second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Fiscal officer, Rob Porter, do you have bills and the receipts? Yes, I have receipts in the amount of $5,126,709.94, disbursements of 
$338,725.37. A complete list of all receipts and disbursements is available in your packet. Motion to approve. Second. Second. Any discussion? Uh, Mr. LaBarbera? Public comment section? Yes. Yes. Uh, Mr. James? Yes. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Moving along the public comment section, we will continue to follow the guidelines set up by the previous board, time limit of four minutes. This isn't a dialogue and we will not answer questions. We may after you have finished talking or you may answer those questions during our trustee's comment section or you just leave us your contact information. Somebody will get back to you. Now we've been doing our meetings remotely as you well know and we've asked if you've had a question or comment to email those questions, those comments to our administrator, Ray Warwick, and he will read those in this segment. But as I mentioned earlier, we are set up for live comments tonight. We will do those first and then Mr. Warwick will share the others. So Mr. Ebel, do we have anybody uh, ready to go? I do not have anybody, Mr. LaBarbera. While Rob Ebel is pulling that up, let me just note for the record, because it's probably obvious to the viewing public, we're having a few network latency problems with the video, which is why it's unfortunately choppy. We haven't had that problem before, but if members of the public are speaking and you hear this now and you come forward to speak through this process, please speak slowly so that we make sure we can Jim, the only person that is logged in the waiting room is the, the Rob, person. Rob, is anybody in the room? Can Mac, you hear us? Mac attack. Tori's also having trouble getting in. Is he Mac attack? I don't think so. In, anybody in the waiting room? Yeah, Mac attack. Let me find well, maybe it is. Do you mean to admit and see, and then it, I can? Maybe it is him. I don't know. I'll admit him. Yeah, why don't we do that, I guess. Hold on a second. I'll, I'll check. I'll check. Ray, do you want to, uh, while we're waiting to get somebody uh, live on, do you want to read the uh, comments that you have? He was Mac Attack. Yeah, there he is. Is that him? Yes. That's Tori. Okay. There we go. I have comments that were sent in by two people. Um, I'll read the, the first one. This was uh, a comment that came in through uh, a, a Facebook page, and I'll read what the, we posted to give it context. The township posted that the next public meeting of Sycamore Township trustees will be held Thursday, May 7th at 7 p.m whether the meeting will be held in person with social distancing or remotely and live streamed to the public has yet to be determined. Public comment is welcome. If the meeting is not held in person, you may email comments to Sycamore Township Administrator Ray Warwick 
at uh, Ray Warwick at uh, SycamoreTownship.org, and he will read them during the meeting. As soon as the format of the meeting is decided, information will be published on both the township website and social media platforms. If you have any other, any other questions, please call the township at 791-8447. The response to that uh, was this, and I'm sorry, I don't know who the person was, uh, but they did ask to have it read. I will read their comments. They say this, wow, okay, cracks me up. Jay Janice fires off his mouth that Deer Park does not do things right, yet the township limits how people can interact with them during meetings. I understand the times now, but the meetings need to take into account every person's abilities. Some can't express themselves in writing. At least, at least Deer Park had a phone line to call to have a voice ask questions during the meeting. I refuse to jump through hoops to express myself. This is a public Facebook page that is operated by Sycamore Township. As such, I ask that my comments in their entirety be read at the next meeting of the trustees. Any and all lines of communication between the public and elected officials should be welcome and open at a time like this. Please copy and forward all to all trustees and read at next meeting as per my request. Okay, do you have comment. any other ones? Do you have any other ones? I have one other comment that was sent. This is from uh, Standish Fortin, uh, 12137 Macaulay Road. He writes, over the past several years, I have attempted to improve the standard of living in our township. It has become apparent that the administrator is undertaking a monumental effort to properly organize the township finances. Now is the perfect time for Sycamore Township to establish a citizens finance and audit committee considered by others as a best practice of townships this new committee will further improve the management of Sycamore Township's tax revenue. Respectfully submitted. Rob, do we have anybody uh, in the on deck circle ready to ready to talk? No, sir. And I, I, I believe Beth will uh, confirm that we did not have anybody in advance that wanted to speak as well. That's okay, correct. next one. Thanks, Beth. Next on the agenda is the uh, Sheriff's Patrol report with Lieutenant Troy Smith, but uh, I don't see him up here. He's, he's on. Is he on? I'm on. Can you guys hear me okay? Yep, yeah. we can. Yeah, for some reason, uh, when I logged in the meeting, I got, I got a uh, window that said uh, I would be invited in soon and uh, must have been a glitch, but I'm here. Well, uh, good to see everybody. Um, I don't have a lot to report tonight. However, I do feel, I feel compelled to say that um, despite our, uh, the chaos and kind of the craziness going on, we've fared extremely, extremely well uh, throughout this entire time. Um, by and large, our contact uh, with the public has been extremely positive. Uh, we've gotten a lot of cooperation uh, from most of the people we encounter. Um, we've got a lot of support from the business community and restaurants and, and coffee shops and things of that nature. It's always a nice gesture to to receive uh, 
food and gifts and things like that from, from those folks. So that's much appreciated. Uh, activity is down. I was looking, I'm starting to compile the April stats for uh, Mr. Work's review. And I took the April call volume and compared it to an average for the first three months of the year. Uh, our calls are down about 25% in the month of April. Uh, that's not a surprise. I think it was to be expected. And it's for two simple reasons. One, people simply aren't calling us as much as they normally would. And two, we're still operating on that, uh, that limited response plan. Our intention is to uh, continue with that plan until June 1st. Unless things uh, spike or something like that, we'll start to respond in a normal manner. Uh, I've been in contact with Wanda Wagner over at the town center. Of course, I'm sure everyone is aware that uh, she'll be, uh, they'll be reopening uh, uh, to some degree on the 12th. So we'll keep tabs on that as well. But again, to reiterate, uh, we've, we've fared pretty well through this entire, uh, uh, this entire period. I'm happy to report that we have had four uh, District 3 deputies fall ill during this time, but all four have tested negative uh, for the virus. No positive cases at District 3 yet. So again, we're, we're doing pretty well. We're weathering the storm, and there hasn't been any real significant financial impact. Uh, you know, Chief Penny gave us some PPK, uh, PPE gear when we first got started. That held us over until we got a, a, a flood of supplies through the county. We haven't incurred any great overtime costs associated with the illness or sick calls or anything like that. So we're all things considered, we're we're in really good shape right now. So uh, thanks to the board for the uh, continued support. Thanks to the community for their overwhelming support. And that's all I have to report this evening, unless anybody's got any questions or anything. Any questions, Tom? Tom James? No questions. Thanks, Gordon. Any questions, Mr. Weedman? Any questions, Mr. Weedman? No. Right. Thank you very much. Lieutenant, thank you. Uh, let's move yes, on sir. with our EMS and fire reports. Uh, Chief Rob Penny. Uh, Chief, I got to tell you, the fire department did a uh, drive-by birthday party in our neighborhood today, and it was uh, the highlight. I mean, everybody loved it. Uh, this along with the uh, jets fly over at the hospitals. Uh, just a really special day here in, in my neighborhood, in Sycamore Township. Yeah, we... Um We've been doing probably at least one or two of the birthday drive-bys a day. Uh, it's been a great success. Uh, we've had a lot of positive comments from the residents on uh, it just made their kids day. So we're happy to do that. It's really, unless we're on a run, there's really no effort to it on our end. Um, we enjoy doing it. So um, uh, people just keep calling in as long as uh, we're available. We'll We'll continue to do that. So, uh, I'm because of the the connections we have. I'm, I don't know if I'm choppy or not, but I got a PowerPoint here I want to share with you. Um, can you guys see this? Okay. Now we can. Yes. I see it. The um, hang on. One second, trying to get it to. <clears throat> trying to get it to rotate here for me.
just do it this way. It's fine. Um, anyway, one, a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about was we, the CARES Act uh, that is uh, through the uh, Ohio EMA, uh, we received $26,105.29. Uh, we, we actually haven't gotten the check yet, but it's it's on its way. We did get receive a notification from MedAccount that uh, it's been sent out. And there's been a lot of discrepancy on what we can use it for. Uh, there's there's uh, the FEMA reimbursement, and then there's also the CARES Act. And the other day we were on a... Uh, on a web meeting with the EMA, and I think Mr. Wiedemann and Mr. James was was on there, and I specifically asked them if the um, if the if this fund could be used for revenue loss, and they said no. But then the the letter that we got from the CARES Act, I put in here a quoted. It says the spending of the funds must be used to prevent, prepare for, for and respond to coronavirus for healthcare related expenses or loss of revenue that is attributable to the coronavirus. So it sounds to me like it can be. And um, we, I put an email out to Laura uh, from the EMA today and, and she agreed with me. And we think, we're thinking that we can proceed on with uh, using that money toward revenue loss. And I did, I, I did the math crunching on it. And uh, March of 2019, we had 252 transports and 2020, last month, we had 233. So we were down 19 transports, but this is when the virus just kind of took off. So uh, so we lost about almost $6,000 in revenue. And then in April, uh, we went from last year of 256 transports to 177. So we were down 79 transports. So we're, we're about 20, almost $25,000. So we're, we're up to a little over $30,000 in revenue loss compared to the, what we normally do. So I feel that we can justify the 26,000 that we received from the CARE Act to make up for the revenue loss. And as long as they um, don't bark at that, that's how I'm gonna pursue it. And then um, we'll use any of the uh, PPE and any of the stuff that we bought that we can get reimbursed from FEMA, we'll, we'll uh, proceed on with that as well. So. Uh, there is a second CARES Act funding that is uh, coming up, and we're planning on I'm planning on applying for that to make up for any additional revenue loss, and then also we're pursuing on with the FEMA funding. So uh, we're working almost every day, keeping up with the emails, keeping up with all the the things that uh, uh, they require us to do to, to file for this stuff, and hopefully everything will work out for us. So um, the next thing is um, I want to share with you is our COVID runs. We've, we've made 28 uh, criteria-based COVID runs uh, in the last two months. Uh, criteria-based basically means that they had a fever. They, they fit all the symptoms of the uh, coronavirus, so, and they were transported to the hospital. We did end up with four confirmed cases that we knew that they had the coronavirus when we transported them. Uh, so we had to transport them. We've had 15 that were unknown. They fit the mold, but we didn't know. And uh, right now we've got about 17 uh, residents that are quarantined in their home with it. 
and we have we got eight residents that have uh, had it and have clear been cleared and they're they're finished up so they're okay so um, we continue to keep an eye on that this this number changes about every two days so um, we'll we'll keep an eye on that and and we have we know where the people are so if we get dispatched to their house we'll we'll be ready to go with full PPE. Um, we did pick up uh, some gown sanitizer, some masks from Hamilton County EMA, and uh, Hamilton County received a grant for respirators. We were able to order 45 of them. Uh, on the right there, it shows uh, what they look like. I believe Worcester, Mr. Weedman was uh, uh, part of that um, grant to uh, get us turned on to where we could uh, be uh, receptive to those those masks. So we did call them and, and we were able to order 45 of them. So that was good. Um, we've had 31 birthday drive-bys. Uh, I got a little picture there, the one of the red business took of our engine going past. We had uh, two nursing home parades where we went through the, around the nursing home. And then last Friday we did, we teamed up with our mutual aid companies and they did a, a big um, picture when I took fire hose and wrote and spelled out 2020 on the on the ground and did and I think the police came and did a um, drone uh, shot of it and um, they're going to use that toward the seniors uh, graduation since they can't graduate this year as a group like they normally do that we're trying to put our part in to, to help that out so just to show our support to that. Um, there was a lot of discussion about on the on TV and on some of the emails that came out about non-transports that uh, people are not wanting to go to the hospital because of the coronavirus. So um, I did a little research on our end, and uh, we we got a, an unusual um, uh, number of uh, runs. Not it's not terrible. At the bottom, it showed they've had two chest pain, uh, six uh, sick persons, one trouble breathing, a high fever, and two unconscious patients that um, did not want to go to the hospital. So, um, other than that, our normal refusals are the diabetics and uh, the cis uh, back to bed, people injured to fall that just aren't bad enough to need to go to the hospital. But these ones here kind of concerns me that um, that they didn't want to go, but of course we can't make them. So, um, you know, it was just Cut time the calls back if they run in the, if they have any more problems. So um, on the next screen, I want to just share. I wanted to thank the trustees. All all the trustees have done a great job at helping us, supporting us. I know Tom James um, set us up with the seasons parade. Miss LaBarber had um, gave us uh, some information on some Narcan that was available, and Mr. Weedman uh, set us up with a really nice dinner from Montgomery Inn and from Springhouse Restaurant. Uh, the guy from Springhouse, uh, Joe, he brought in dinners for all three shifts for three nights in a row, which is very uncommon for people to do that. But he, he went all out to make, make the guys welcome and, and did a great job with it. So we really want to thank all of them for, um, for helping with that. The, uh, the, the firemen just, they really enjoyed it. I, I kind of mimic what uh, Tori was saying that, We've had a lot of people stop in and bring us uh, food and snacks and different things like that. So um, uh, we really appreciate that. I know the guys do too. 
the, the April uh, report. Um, I will email that to you in the morning. We did get it. I, I had Jerry put it on the website today, so I think it's on there. If not, it'll be there by tomorrow morning. Uh, we're down on runs, about uh, uh, 70, 80 runs we're down on. Um, and then one of the things I wanted to just share, I've, I've seen a lot of people with their face mask on different ways. I just wanted to show that the right way to do it is over the nose, over the mouth. Some people are wearing it under their nose and that, and that's not, that's not uh, a good way to do it. One of the, one of the things I want to share with you is if you watch me, I was at uh, IGA and I was watching somebody come out of IGA and had a face mask on and, and uh, they got, they sat, they got in the car behind me and I was watching them in the mirror and they took, and I know people aren't used to wearing face masks, so it makes it kind of awkward, but for the residents out there, they're watching this. They, they took their hand and pulled the face mask down and then went like this <laughs> and rubbed their face to, cause I guess it was itching or whatever, but uh, I'm thinking what, what's going on here? <laughs> Hello. So, so that's, that's not good to do that. Um, so wear your mask. And when you come out of somewhere, be very careful with taking it off. Don't rub your face till you either wash your hands or put some sanitizer on or something like that. So just be very careful that I know some people sweat with a mask on that, that you don't use your hand and, and touch your mask and then wipe your face down. So that, that's all I have for now. Chief, you don't have uh, no deaths. We've had no deaths, have we, in, in Sycamore Township? Not, not COVID related. Okay. Any any questions, Tom James? Tom not, not COVID related. We have. Yeah. Question: uh, The people quarantined at home that you listed are all of those confirmed cases, or are they? Yes. Yes, yeah. they are. Okay. And I've I've seen from driving by occasionally that uh, the testing operation, of course, is still going out front there at Jewish Hospital. They don't yeah. actually seem very busy much of the time driving by. I, I'm, I'm assuming they have a lot of testing capacity, but do we know when there will be antibody tests available so people can see if they already had it? I have, I have not heard of when any other type of test is going to be available. The Jewish hospital was supposed to have the antibody by the end of this week but I didn't hear back. But I think that supply is very limited. Yeah, I know Worcester. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Mr. Weeman, did you uh, talk to anybody from Jewish about any stats on how many people they tested? I know you. No, actually we oh, traded, we traded uh, uh, phone messages today. So I did not get a, uh, I did not get an accurate updated number on that, but I will, I will get it and uh, I'll make sure we have it for the next meeting. Good. Anything else for Chief Penny? Okay, let's move on with our road supervisor, Superintendent uh, Tracy Kellams. He's got a roads maintenance and recreation report. Trace, I gotta say, uh, please share with your crew. The maintenance department did a terrific job with the township wide sweep uh, for the storm damage with the brush and the tree limb pickup that was just outstanding. Thank you. And thank you. You're welcome. So uh, I was going to touch on that just to let you know we did sweep the whole township. Uh, every road in the township was done and uh, a lot of people really appreciated it. So they were very happy. So besides that, uh, a couple updates. 
Uh, we got our numbers back for our recycling. As you know, we started curbside recycling uh, through Rumpke last year. Our, our numbers went up. Also with our recycling in the back, uh, they've gone up. If you remember, we got an award last year as the highest percentage recycling for any township in the county. This year, our percentage is 25.97%, and that's unheard of from a township. So uh, it, I'd just like to thank the trustees for all their efforts and, and helping us do that and really get those numbers up. So that's pretty amazing for a township. Uh, also, at, at the last meeting, uh, along with the uh, discussion of the storm and the storm damage, there was a discussion about uh, power outages in the uh, Heitmeyer and Sturbridge area. Uh, I talked to Chad Schaefer. I've had a couple conference calls with him and, and some guys that work with him from Duke Energy. He is our uh, senior government liaison. And uh, Alan Jones is the engineer techno technologist who's now working for Sycamore Township. They've had a big turnover there also. They were not aware, neither one of them had been involved in what was talked about last time. But uh, they say that a sexualization project is currently scheduled to begin by the end of May or early June. So they say that is still on schedule. And so there's going to be work done uh, in Bayberry, Charter Oak, Ivy Brook, Whitechapel, Hermitage, and it's supposed to really sectionalize off some of that and really uh, make the neighborhood more dependable in, in the uh, delivery of their electric. So I told him I was very happy to hear that and I would be passing that on to you to let you know that. And if we had any questions, I would get back to them, but they've been very good to work with. Uh, so I, I think this new, this guy that's our, our, new, uh, our new government liaison is doing a very good job. So did, did anybody have any questions on that? Thanks for talking with them about that. That's good news. So, yeah. Yes. I, I also talked to him about a, uh, a comment that was made at the last meeting that a resident had said that Duke did a planned outage over there, uh, but they weren't notified. He said that there were no planned outages. Uh, so I just want to let the trustees know that. Uh, like I said, the last minute, if there's ever a planned outage, Duke will always let all the customers know. So they, if you remember, that was right at the storm, and they had a lot of people out of power. So the next thing that I have is our new hire. Our new hire that was going to start Monday did not start. At the last minute, his boss, he was working presently, his boss asked him not to go, offered him a big raise and a promotion, and he decided to stay. So that let me know that we actually did hire a good guy. Uh, but unfortunately, his boss wanted him pretty bad, I guess. So uh, we are proceeding with looking for somebody else. Uh, Want to make sure it was okay to, to put the ad back up on our website. We put it last time on Indeed. We, we have not put it in the paper. We put it on APWA's website and a couple other ones. We want to make sure it was okay to, to proceed with that. Tracy, a suggestion for that, if we, could, if we need the person, by all means, I'd be in favor of that. 
Um, how about putting it on nextdoor.com also for areas right around there may be some of our residents who would see that, who might be interested in it, who might not see it in the other places, and that would give them a better opportunity to try to get the position if they need it. Yeah, that, that's a good idea. We can do that. But we, yes, we, we definitely need him. We are, we are shorthanded and uh, trying to do as much as we can, but we're, we're pressed right now. Ray and uh, Tracy, I'm, I'm absolutely uh, for moving forward on this. Do we need to do anything else, say anything else, just give you the go-ahead? Go ahead and yeah, look for I'm in agreement as well. Okay. So Tracy, we need a motion, Deepak? I mean, we usually ask for a motion to advertise if we're going to put something in the paper where it costs us money. But uh, if you just want to put a motion to advertise it in, uh, that would cover us on all bases. I'll make a motion that we uh, that we uh, allow Tracy to advertise for a new employee. I'll second. Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Question also, um, I know we had held off on the temp workers we would typically hire for summer work, thinking this new person who was coming on board was going to handle what we needed and we were looking at financial uncertainty. Are we still good with this person uh, advertising and waiting or do we urgently need something now? If we don't, by, by no means do I want to spend the money, but if, if we do need people, let us know. Now is a good opportunity. Sure. Well, as it stands right now, our parks department is doing absolutely nothing except cutting grass and having a hard time keeping up with that. So depending on when our parks open, I mean, they're not even, uh, they're not, they don't have the time to do any mulching. Our ball diamonds are not ready to go. We're trying to do a little bit to them. Of course, we're not renting those out right now. I know things are starting to open up, but uh it, it you know it it all depends you know if, if we haven't been able to mulch anything so our right-of-ways our parks our uh, administration building none of that has really been groomed or mulch all that's being done is grass is being cut so there's not an urgent need for that am i correct ray do you agree just we'll we'll wait and see what happens as we move along well they're they're down four people and the grass is growing it's just going to be at some point since they can't do the grooming and the mulching you know it's going to start to look pretty bad so um i don't know how you know and it's an unknown how long it's going to you know this this guy that tracy hired he looked really great i guess he was uh but uh I don't know, Tracy. What what has been your latest thought about maybe trying to get some of those seasonal guys, and how hard is that? Uh, that is not hard. That company has called me and talked to me, and they do have a couple guys. I mean, even if we didn't hire three, anything that we got in could help, especially with us not having this full time new hire come in. I mean, it could take another month to get somebody in here. By the time we advertise, we get uh, resumes in, I bring it to you gentlemen and you approve it. You know, that doesn't happen overnight. So it would definitely help us if we could get some help. Just on the seasonal, 
yeah, it would be nice if uh, we could have a motion to let him pursue uh, two or three of these seasonal people. I'll make a motion that we allow Tracy to uh, continue to pursue uh, uh, seasonal help for uh, as he sees fit for the uh, for the grass cutting. I'll second that. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Uh, well, I, but I guess that was an open-ended motion to his discretion. I'll, I'll, I'll vote yes, but Tracy, if it's going to be more than three people or so, <coughs> back to us and let us know. Yeah, it will not be more than three. Okay. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Let me, let me ask also, this is something that came up today in a meeting Mr. Warwick and I were in on. Some of our surrounding communities, um, are, are doing like us, their parks, the facilities are mostly closed. They're not uh, renting out pavilions or anything like that, um, but they are open to the public. Some of them have their bathrooms closed like we do. Some of them, Montgomery being one, uh, actually has their bathrooms open in their parks and they are regularly sanitizing them. Sims is also doing that, cleaning them daily and then deep cleaning them uh, periodically as well. I, I know we were just talking about labor shortages perhaps and needing more people anyway, but is it feasible to get our bathrooms open and then regularly cleaned in the park and in some sort of safe protocol, maybe, you know, leaving the doors open or something at least so people don't gather in there and know whether they're busy or not. But that would be nice for people as the weather's getting nicer to be able to go to the park. And if they're out there and nature calls, that way they'll at least go in a sanitary facility instead of in the woods. <laughs> yeah, well, with the new hires, it would definitely be a lot more feasible. Uh, you know, without the temps, it really isn't because we really need to clean those every day if we're going to open those up. Uh, so, so it's definitely going to take some time. Uh, I am not opposed to that as long as we're going to bring temps in. Uh, without the temps, uh, in not saying anything about any other community, but our guys are extremely busy. You know, we're still doing road work. We're still doing park work. Well, we, as of right now, we don't have guys to just uh, go around and clean. Uh, but if we hire these temps, it would definitely help. Hey, so we have, do you a, have a cleaning protocol on that? We do not have one established yet, but I can definitely come up with one because okay. Uh, you know, as of now, they've all been closed. If it would help, reach out to uh, Montgomery or to Sims Township, and they might actually have written procedures you could easily adopt, and unless it's simple to put it together yourself, but that might get us started. I know Kim Lappensee was telling us in uh, Sims they've got some sort of fancy foam gun equipment of some kind where they periodically foam the entirety of the bathrooms with sanitizing foam. That's not an everyday thing, but um, maybe there's some equipment we'd even need for it, but if that would get our parks a little more usable where people can get outside and be spaced apart but enjoy themselves, I think that's a great amenity for everybody. Do we need a motion to undo any closures we might have previously moved to do that required the bathrooms to be closed, by the way, or is this something that you guys can handle stepwise? Yeah, I think it's still I think it's premature. Why don't we... Uh, Trace, why don't we hold off uh, May 19th? We have a workshop meeting. Let's let's uh, revisit this at that time. Ray, do you think that's? That yeah, that is? that's fine. I mean, until until we get the temps, it's, we're not going to be able to do a good job. We're just not going to be able to do it. Trace, is that okay with you? Yeah, that's good. 
And in the meantime, I can put a protocol together. We already have the equipment we need. We, we've been using it here in our shop, uh, sanitizing our trucks and our equipment here. So there's no other additional purchases that we would have to make. And you have a uh, resolution for us? No, he doesn't. I do he not. Have I have a couple. No, I have a couple other updates. So, no, the uh, the resolutions under planning and zoning. Okay. So, uh, j just to go over a few of our big projects to let you know things are moving forward. We've had a lot of construction going on. We haven't slowed down. Uh, Sycamore Road in between Blue Ash and uh, Plainfield. All the curbs were poured in the last two days. Pavement's going to go down there next week on Tuesday. Uh, and then we'll be moving across the railroad tracks. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but we were having a problem. Uh, Duke uh, did not, that they had their, they had installed their main, but when COVID hit, they weren't going into any houses to uh, hook up the mains because they, they wouldn't go in. Uh, so I also worked with Chad uh, Schaefer, our, uh, our liaison with that. He had all those, that main finished and all the houses done within a week so that our project can proceed. So he has really been a lot of help. So I really appreciate him. So that's moving forward. Uh, if anybody's been down Montgomery Road, you can see that sidewalk project's coming along great. Uh, the slab, momentum slabs were poured over the, the bridge, and the, they started on the retaining wall today. Uh, so, so that's moving forward real well. Uh, our maintenance storage facility back here, uh, they're supposed to be pouring a slab, uh, I hope, next week. Uh, they're pouring around the trench drain tomorrow night, or Saturday, actually. And then once that slab is in, they're ready to come up out of the ground. So you'll really be seeing a lot of uh, advancement there. Uh, another thing is I we received a, or I received, I think it might have come in a little earlier this morning, but I received an email about 3.30 this afternoon that there's going to be, uh, so Hamlet County is coming in to work on a fire hydrant on Happiness Way. Uh, they have to have access to the gate, I believe, from the construction company. So uh, uh, the Nyer, uh, the construction company that's working over there actually called us just to let us know that if there's any complaints or anybody's worried about noise at night, it is not them. It's Hamlet County Public Works working on a fire hydrant. So if any of you get any calls, that's what that's all about. Are they going to be working at night, were you saying, on that? Yes, they said they can't turn that main off or tap that main until after 10 p.m. Are they going to provide any notice to the residents nearby themselves about that? Or should we be proactive in doing that possibly? I do not know. Uh, I didn't get that till 3.30 today. I haven't had been able to reach anybody. I think I think when they turn that off, they normally do make notice. But I'm, uh, you might want to double check that, Trace. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that they they're, they're not going to turn off a main without letting people know. Yeah, I think it's got more to do with the hospital, the 10 p.m. thing. 
uh, because we've had them tap mains during the day all the time. I think it had something to do with the hospital. But as soon as we're done here, I'll call and, and check on that. So the only other thing that uh, that I have is uh, on Saturday, June 27th, is the Jump and Jive show band. I have not talked to them. We have not officially canceled that. With things opening up, I don't know what you want to do if you want to cancel that now. Even when parks open, I mean, as of now, I believe we're still going to have a 10-person limit at events. So, you know... Just looking for a little guidance as to what uh, you gentlemen think about proceeding with that. What, Tracy, what's the date on that again? That is Tracy, June twenty seventh. June twenty seventh. I think we can hold off and canceling it until we find out a little bit more about where we're going. Yeah, I don't know that. Uh, have you talked to uh, to talk to BJ on that? I have not. Are we looking at any major costs if we wait until later and end up having to cancel as opposed to now, or, or can we no. wait? No, we're not looking at any major costs on that. No, let's wait. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anything else, Trace? No, sir. That's all I have. Okay. Thank you now for our planning and zoning uh, report with our administrator, a zoning administrator. Wait a second, Mr. James. Yes. You know, I always have something else to ask about. Uh, I, I know some people in the community were concerned about the, the Memorial Day parade, unfortunately. This falls under several people's purview here, I guess, but uh, I know that necessarily had to be canceled. We, we typically would do a, a ceremony on Memorial Day, too, in Bechtold Park. I understand some of the other communities are doing virtual ceremonies that day. I don't know if that's practical for us to do something to, to honor uh, veterans and those who passed away in war or died fighting in wars, I should say, but um, has there been any talk of that with the, the organizing committee from the parade to try to do any kind of commemoration for the public that day? Is there anything we can do to assist with that? I have not heard anything from the organizing committee except that it was canceled. Uh, Chief, have you heard anything about that? No. Um, Tom Camp uh, came in and talked to us and just told us that they were going to cancel it, but he didn't say anything about doing anything special. Trace, uh, I you can certainly ask him, though. Okay. Be a good idea, Trace. Uh, Chief, that'd be great. If we can do something to commemorate the day, at least, somehow, uh, even if it's, you know, something on our website or Facebook or whatever, or, you know, whatever we could do to draw attention to it, that would be nice, at least. Yeah, it would be good. It would be good if we can, uh, if, if we don't do any kind of uh, web meeting or web ceremony that we at least put something on the on our Facebook and our website to recognize it rather than just blowing it off. So it would be a good idea to do that. And we could uh, we could also discuss that at our workshop meeting coming up on the 19th. And uh, Trace, now this Saturday, 8 a.m., you're still doing the uh, spring compost, the giveaway, right? Yes, sir, we are. And, and where is that? That is our leaf dump over off of Hartzell Church off of uh, Larchview. So we are going to, uh, we're going to have several men there. Uh, there will not be anybody getting out of their cars. Uh, a lot of times we help them load. Uh, we're just going to ask them to stay in their cars so that our guys do not have any contact with them. Thanks, Trace. Uh, no other questions for Tracy? Let's go to Skylar Miller, our planning and zoning administrator. Skylar, what do you have for us? 
All right. Good evening, everyone. Uh, the first item I have is a resolution for uh, temporary signage, the allowance of temporary signage. Uh, if you don't mind, I am going to go ahead and do a uh, screen share and just show the uh, first show the guidelines and then and then talk about the resolution itself. So let me. Sorry, let me move some things around. All right, can we see can we see this? Most of it. Yep. All right, yeah, I'll scroll down. Uh, so uh, we've had we've had a few businesses uh, call in uh, to to speak with Mr. Work or myself, uh, asking you know in in these kind of uh, ambiguous times, uh, especially as you know certain things reopen, other things are still closed. Uh, or operations are limited. Um, is there is there any way to, to legally get some messaging out to uh, potential uh, potential patrons, uh, customers? So, um, Mr. Work and I, you know, discussed it, and uh, I was I was asked to you know come up with with some type of uh, temporary program. So, looking at our looking at our zoning resolution, uh, there there are certain types of um, uh, signs that are uh, exempt in some districts from um, from from zoning review. Uh, unfortunately, temporary commercial signs of this nature um, would would fall under uh, either prohibited signs or or heavily uh, heavily permitted and regulated signs. So the attempt here is to uh, to create some some reasonable signage messaging. Uh, that our that our um, retail establishments, restaurants, um, you know, service establishments can utilize uh, to to communicate with um, you know the local community, to visitors of our community, uh, and you know, essentially get the word out and say, hey, Sy Sycamore is open. So uh, the idea is to uh, just kind of facilitate the you know the the restart Ohio, I suppose, <laughs> initiative. Uh, so. What we're looking at here is uh, for for every business, every site, uh, allowing uh, one temporary sign, uh, not exceeding 12 square feet, so like a three by four sign, um, on I, on either side, and it shall be permitted without a permit. Uh, we talk about uh, we we do also have some language in here uh, for for larger signs uh, that Mr. Work and I discussed. Uh, that would require a very easy streamlined permitting process. Um, but uh, in, anything over the 12 square feet, I was worried, um, you know, may need some guidance from, from the township to, to properly place it. Um, maximum height, four feet. Uh, we're looking at a minimum distance uh, away from the right away of five feet uh, or 10 feet from the pavement if, if the property owner can't uh, reasonably establish where their property line is. Um, so, uh, which is, which is actually consistent with, uh, some other types of temporary signs in the township that we allow. Uh, let's see here. Um, this will actually supersede, uh, for, you know, for the period allowed, um, will supersede the, the Sycamore Township official zoning resolution. Uh, all other, uh, signage regulations shall be in effect. Uh, and, you know, essentially we, we would like the, We'd like the messaging to to you know, refer to what services they offer and in their hours of operations. Um, the the one thing I would say is, um, 
Mr. Clark, our, uh, our zoning inspector and I, uh, will be actively monitoring the community. Uh, if we have any, um, any of these signs that, um, you know, present or, or pose a, a possible safety issue, uh, maybe they block proper line of sight, uh, they don't provide for a good line of sight triangle uh, entering and exiting the property, uh, we'll go work with the, the property owner or we'll physically move them ourselves. Uh, and if I were to scroll up here, um, the, the actionable or executable sections of the, um, of the resolution uh, do state that we have, well, let's see here, final discretion on placement of signs. So for that, for that purpose. Okay. So uh, I don't know how much discussion we wanted to have on this. Uh, I, I know Mr. Work and I have uh, have been talking about this back and forth, but this is this is simply a um, a temporary measure to to assist you know our local business community. So I think it's a great idea. Mr. Work, do you have anything you want? Skyler. Skyler. You there? Yes. Yeah, th th thanks for advancing this. I think um, uh, with the dependence that we have on uh, on retail, especially in uh, in our Kenwood business district, it's critically important that we facilitate the um, uh, the uh, business business community in uh, in Kenwood to help them get back on their feet after this uh, this long shutdown. So uh, uh, I know a lot of them are ready to open, ready to go, and uh, this will only help them to get back on their feet from. Uh, from the long time uh, that being closed. So uh, I think it's a great idea. Okay. okay. I, I will say, I, I didn't mention this before. Um, uh, I currently have this as a, as a temporary measure that would expire on September 30th, 2020. Um, obviously, you know, how all businesses uh, reopen across the state are, uh, is, is, is still a, uh, an open-ended subject. So um, we, uh, we may need to, to revisit this and uh, discuss either ending it early, hopefully, um, if, if everything's back open uh, before that, uh, or, or possibly extending this at, at the board's discretion. Okay, I make a motion to uh, establish Can I, uh, temporary. Can I ask a question? Yes, sir. Uh, it says only one sign permitted per site. I mean, a site, are we going to have one sign for a strip mall? Are we going to have one sign for a hundred stores in, in the town center? If we're just going to have one per site, uh, that doesn't, you know, you might have a strip center that has 10 businesses in it. Yeah, um, I, I was really trying. I, I think the, uh, the businesses that, that at least reached out to me were, uh, individual businesses. Um, I know we've already made allowances for uh, some signs at the uh, at the town center and um, at other multi-unit uh, facilities. We can. I can either attempt to address this in here if we want to approve this with uh, with that condition. If we want to make that per per business versus per site. Um, I'm not. I'm not opposed to leaving that to the discretion of uh, of Skyler. I know he's got 
great common sense when it comes to this. And I, I'm not sure that we have, I have a problem with that. I think Skylar will manage this uh, just fine. Yeah, I think it's important we get this done too and do it soon. And I, I think we can trust his discretion on that. If there's a concern about it or if any uh, business owner has a concern in the way it's enforced, I would hope they would let us know. Uh, but yeah, this is a, a prudent thing to do and a good thing to do to promote our businesses. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's let's move forward with a resolution establishing uh, make a motion establishing temporary signage allowance during the COVID nineteen pandemic. Motion to approve. Second. Or second. Okay, uh, Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. Miller? Let me make one. Sorry, can I make one comment about that though? I know Mr. Miller suggested we might want to terminate it early later, depending on the conditions. I, I would suggest we be careful about doing that if businesses rely on the end date and buy a certain quantity of signs that they anticipate having out until then. So we should be cautious if we revisit that deadline, certainly. <clears throat> okay, uh, Mr. Miller, do you have something on the uh, Kruger Mill Road demolition? Uh, yes, sir, I do. And I'm going to, sorry, I, I lost my, my PDF when I did the screen share. Give me one second. <laughs> Let me close these out. I apologize. Okay, here we go. Uh, so uh, the the township in, in 2018 authorized the, uh, the demolition of, uh, um, uh, of a um, condemned building at uh, 6330 uh, Kugler Mill Road. Uh, there's been numerous violations on this property um, uh, throughout, throughout the years. Uh, it, it still, it continues to be a problem um, in I guess since I've been here, uh, we, we've had multiple complaints on it. Um, I don't know if Tori is still here, um, but I, I know that there's been several um, uh, police calls that uh, or um, calls calls from law enforcement because uh, people are apparently breaking in at this point, um, and um, you know, doing doing what have you there, but. Um, one of the issues uh, that, that I was I was asked to uh, pursue was was getting this torn down. Um, we have one quote right now. Um, we were waiting on uh, one more, but I do have a uh, a quote for the total demo of um, of the buildings on uh, sixty three thirty. It's totaling uh, twenty four thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars. Um, Working with uh, Mr. Kellums said that we would actually uh, there there is some asbestos on site and that we would actually do that as a as a separate initiative that the that the township would coordinate with a with a different contractor, uh, but the building itself would come down. Um, I guess what I'm asking for tonight is um, is is authorization um, not to exceed this twenty four thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars if we do get a um, a better proposal next week, then then obviously we'll um, 
we won't spend our our full um, authorized amount. Uh, but there there will be um, other costs associated with the uh, the asbestos removal, which I believe is is it just in the glass, Tracy? The glaze of yes, the glass. It's just in the glazing of the windows. The, yeah, the glazing that holds the windows in is the only uh, asbestos yeah. that was noticeable. Now, obviously, you can find other ones in the house that old when you go start opening it up, but that is all that was detected. Mm -hmm. So asbestos removal uh, will, this be, is a, will be a separate charge, correct? That is that correct. Asbestos removal will be a separate charge. Okay. I'll make a motion yes. to... Uh, uh, to move to move forward on the uh, uh, demolition of 6330 Cougar Mill Road uh, with a uh, an amount not to exceed $24,850. Second. Question for the vote. Please. Discussion, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Um, but, so just for the public's reference, we've been specifying the address. Not everyone knows where this is. This is the house next to Legacy Church, which used to be the synagogue at Cougar Mill and uh, Interstate 71, across from the empty lots uh, abutting the Tri Health Building. Um, are these costs recoverable through a lien on the property at some point? Because the township is going to be putting a lot of money into this, and there is a private owner of the property. I understand that someone's estate or trust. Yes, sir. Uh, so the process would be um, um, that we would uh, we would have a lien placed on the property um, at at a future date, um, at uh, at least during a, any type of transaction. Uh, the liens will have to be cleared, uh, and we would we would be able to recover uh, our funds at that time. So I do we know the church is interested in the property in the, already. I believe we have multiple. Uh, we do property. have liens on the property for. Yep. Sorry, did I answer it? We were talking over each other. I apologize. Over each other, but I understand you. Be saying we have liens on the property already, but if we uh, incur additional costs, I assume we'd need to put additional liens in place unless they were voluntary, which I assume they were not. No. So, so my other question was: uh, all liens we have a fork. I'm sorry, your audio cut out again. <laughs> your yours did too. Unfortunately, it's breaking up. I can't. I can't understand what anyone's saying. Okay, okay. Mr. Miller, you were saying as to the liens on the property, what, what is the status and can we foreclose on them at some point if there's no transaction and those costs are just sitting there accruing? Uh, I would I would have to defer to Mr. Desai on, uh, on uh, potential foreclosure. Um, no, I do know that uh, we can we can continue to place liens. Um, it's it's been my experience in the past that uh, we we are able to recover um, those funds uh, at at time of sale of property. Okay. Well, I, I sorry, just I I asked because this is a, a long-standing problem. There, it's it's an eyesore. And there are owners who, from what I have seen, there's an address in Indian Hill, I think, as to whoever the trustee is for the property. 
I, I would come in late in the game as a trustee in some of this, so I've just missed some of the early events with this. But you know, I, I think neighbors in the area would like the place gone and cleaned up. And if the owner isn't going to do it, we can wait around and eventually recover all these costs we're incurring. But if if we demolish it then and there's a hole in the ground, essentially, what then? Um, can we do something if we need to to take action? I hate to consider taking someone's property in that sense, but if it's a nuisance and it's essentially abandoned, what can we do, Mr. Desai? Is there are there remedies there? Yeah, the township has lots of options. Um, if the township would want to foreclose on the liens um, and and you know basically force the hand of the current owner, it could do that. Um, it would probably make sense to get, um, you know, a uh, title report, just to understand the priority of the liens. Uh, but if I'm hearing you right, um, one of the concerns is not just recouping our money, but actually getting it into the hands of somebody who's going to be a responsible property owner. So um, certainly the foreclosure process, regardless of where you're at in the lien priority would help with that. Um, so yeah, the, the township has lots of options and if you'd like me to, I'd be happy to outline them in a memo to the trustees so you know what your options are moving forward. I, I think that might be helpful. Yeah. Uh, this bullet point. Uh, I, I do know that the owner of this property has um, uh, also has his foreclosure issues on his primary residence, which is in Indian Hill. And um, I suspect that the only way we will get control of this property uh, to have any reasonable maintenance on the property is through foreclosure. Yeah, it has presented a danger to some of the surrounding properties at points. I know one of the neighbors who abuts it uh, off of Cougar Meadows, I think it is, next to it, was worried about trees falling on the property, and we had picked steps a few months ago about that. So if there's something reasonable we can do to move forward to get it done, I think we should look into it. So yes, Mr. Desai, if you could get us an outline of what that process would be, um, and maybe we can make some decisions about that if we need to. Be happy to do that. Uh, I, I should point out that the uh, the church is in active uh, discussions with the uh, with the property owner right now. Uh, they are they are very interested in uh, acquiring that property. Um, I, we were actually supposed to, I was invited to, uh, uh, a meeting with all parties, uh, right before the, uh, uh, you know, the stay at home order went into effect. Uh, there was some, you know, uh, issues with travel. So, uh, that, that meeting never happened. I'm, I'm hoping that we're able to, to pick that conversation up where we left off. Um, and, um, I, I do know that the, the church is still actively pursuing that. Well, if, if that's the case, and we're about to pour a bunch of money into starting demolition when potentially they're about to buy it, that's something we should consider too. Are we taking on a cost unnecessarily? If we're going to get it back out of the lien, maybe it's, it's a wash. But... Well, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to weigh the benefits of uh, you know, continuing to delay demolition on, on a nuisance property. Uh, you know, that, uh, you know, I, I do receive um, quite a few complaints on, um, um, you know, from, from surrounding neighbors. Uh, they have attended uh, meetings in the past uh, requesting that we take action on this. Um, I would hope that we're able to, to take this down 
And uh, if, if the church does purchase the property in short order, we're able to, to recoup those, uh, those funds in short order as well, as, as well as the, uh, um, you know, our, our, you know, past liens. So, and I do believe uh, Tori is, is trying to, to chime in. I've got the chat box uh, open here. He's, he's trying to make a side note. It's, it's just a quick, you made uh, early in the conversation, you made, you made reference to police calls to that, that home. Um, we have had a few, the most recent that I can recall is about a week and a half, two weeks ago. And it was in the middle of the day, broad daylight, a witness saw three subjects go into the house. They, they stayed in there for a short period of time, very short period of time, and then left their area on foot. The problem with that instance was the complainant, the person who watched them go in, didn't stick around either. So when we arrived, uh, we couldn't ask them any questions as far as description or direction of travel or anything like that. But uh, what I really wanted to relay was following Chief, Penny, Chief Penny's lead from, I think, a year or maybe even close to two years ago, uh, there was standing water, Chief. Is that correct? At the time, there was exposed wiring, mold issues, uh, now asbestos. Chief, is that all correct? Is that to your, to your memory? Yeah. So Yeah, that, the, the last time I was in it, there was water in the basement that had fuel oil mixed with the water. Uh, there was broken windows. And uh, there was uh, feces from raccoons and multiple different animals all over. There's a lot of mold. It's, so, a very, it's a very unstable house. And um, I know if it ever catches fire, we're all, all have our guys will not go in that building. That's, that's exactly where I'm going. But we'll just let it burn because it's not worth risking anybody's life for that building. That's, that's exactly where I was headed with this. Um, I actually heard the, the call come out. I heard that address and familiar with it. So I jumped on the radio and I instructed my guys not to go into the dwelling. Now, if someone was in it and they came out, we would, we would catch them on their way out. But the long and short of it is if we do catch somebody in there, unless they have, uh, you know, severe outstanding or serious outstanding warrants, unless they have weapons or, uh, you know, illicit drugs on them, we're looking at a fourth degree uh, misdemeanor low-level misdemeanor criminal trespass charge, and I don't want to get a deputy hurt uh, because, you know, being exposed to something in that dwelling for a, for a, a very minor criminal charge like that, to me, the, the risk outweighs the, uh, you know, the reward. So that's just my two cents when when Mr. Miller brought up the, the police response to that 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 house. So. I agree with if that, Tori. I think I, people need to stay out of there. If I could just add a little bit to this, uh, I know that, that the church and uh, the owner of the property are still talking, but from what I understand, they are not close to an agreement. We are still tr we we have been talking to him with our right of way agent because we need easements for our Cougar Mill Road project. He thinks the Cougar Mill project's great; he's all for it, but the house is definitely unsafe. Uh, like Chief says, there's feces in there. There's lawnmowers inside the house, and I mean a lot of them. There's engines inside the house. There's broken windows. The doors are busted. Uh, it's definitely not a safe place to be open to the public. Uh, children or anybody that would wander in there could definitely be hurt. Uh, I think no matter how close or far they are to a deal, because uh, I know originally they were quite a far ways apart from each other, I think we really, as a safety uh, 
no, we, we need to take this down and, and put a lien on it. Uh, like you said, we, we've been working on this since 2018, and this house is getting worse all the time. You know, we've been over there, cut the grass, cleaned it up, cut down trees. Uh, the, the house is in, it's really in unsafe condition. And I think, Trace, I, I agree with you that uh, past discussions as it relates with to the owner uh, negotiating uh, the sale of that property, his numbers have never been realistic. And uh, I, don't, I don't expect that's going to change. So uh, I say we, I say, it, I think it, the best thing for us would be to uh, to raise the building and uh, for uh, Deepak, if you would, um, if you would uh, please give us an idea on how we have to, what we have to do to, to proceed with foreclosure, because that property will never be clean. It'll never be cut unless we're doing it and we're putting liens on the property. We've done that enough. I think it's time to move forward and, and uh, foreclose on the property. And if you could give us the, some guidance as to how we need to do that, that would be great. My pleasure. Yeah, I agree. Also, Deepak, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, don't we need some kind of court order every time we want to go in? If we want to have a contractor go in and take out the uh, asbestos, and then when we want to have another contractor to do the demo, I believe we need a court order each time. Is that not correct? You know, Mr. Collins, that's a good question because we do have a case, as you know, where we did get receive a court order. Um, I need to go back and look at that court order and see how the language is written, whether it's open-ended or limited to a specific finite time. Um, if it is finite, perhaps we can reactivate that particular case and get an order and, uh, and pardon the pun, short order <laughs> and uh, get back in there. Uh, what is the what is the projected date with, uh, that you would be looking to go back in? Uh, well, I'll have to contact Rainbow, who is the company that takes out the asbestos. But uh, I can talk to you, and as soon as we could potentially be ready as soon as we get a court order together. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I agree. The uh, the the uh, discussion of the. Uh, uh, the cost of demolition is just is is just a uh, um, one more step. We're kind of moving moving the ball down the field right now. Um, so um, I want to I want to make sure that uh, um, the trustees have have the temperament for this, and uh, that you know we have we have the funds set aside so that once we have the quarter orders in place, um, we can we can move forward with action on site. It's kind of like going on long enough. Uh, I, I agree with Tom Weedman. Let's move forward on it and go ahead. Yeah, let's get it okay. done. All right. We had a motion. I believe, was there a motion a pending, motion. I believe, already? Yeah, we do have a was. motion. Uh, Mr. Porter, call for a roll call. Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. Miller, anything else? Uh, no, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll finish off with just a reminder that we do have a uh, Board of Zoning Appeals uh, meeting uh, on the 18th. 
Uh, we are still, since, since we've already advertised that as a Zoom meeting, we will, um, we will hold that meeting virtually. Uh, we have two cases, one a conditional use uh, for, um, uh, for, for a church to, to uh, you know, expand its conditional use permit. Uh, and then we have a residential area variance uh, dealing with a uh, encroachment into a uh, rear yard setback. So uh, nothing too bad there. Uh, we have canceled uh, next Monday's um, zoning commission uh, due to lack of business. Uh, thank you, Tyler. Uh, Mr. James, any questions? I'm gonna move. Uh, no. Okay, I'm going to move on. We'll bring on our law director, Mr. Mr. Desai. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Chair. Uh, nothing to report, uh, but we do have a resolution um, regarding the proposed uh, contract with the City of Deer Park, uh, establishing a joint economic development district. Um, uh, Mr. Evil, do you want to put that resolution up on the screen for everyone to see? So um, the only thing that we we will need to do is uh, we will need to fill in the second whereas clause on this with the actual publication date. Um, I do know that we did that 30 days prior to the public hearing as we referenced in the um, uh, in the public hearing on the JED. Um, so um, as long as uh, nobody has any questions, uh, uh, we'd entertain a motion for the uh, resolution, and I'll go ahead and read it unless anyone has any questions. All right. Mr. Ebel, I'm, I'm not a very good memorizer. You're going to have to bring that back yeah. down so I can read the title. There you go. I'm, <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to get there. There. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so we have a resolution approving a contract with the city of Deer Park, Hamilton County, Ohio, to designate the city of Deer Park Sycamore Township Joint Economic Development District along Kenwood Road between Happiness Way to the north and property commonly known as 7887 Kenwood Road to the south, dispensing with the second reading and declaring an emergency. Motion. 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 Second. second. Mr. Porter. Mr. Porter. I think we just lost him. His video just, just there he is. I'm back. I, I'm back. Mr. Porter. Um, All right. Was there a motion and a the roll calls? There was, Rob. Yeah, we had uh, Tom Weaven on the motion and we had uh, Mr. James on the second. Call for a vote. Okay. Call the vote. Okay. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Okay. Mr. Desai, do you have anything else? I do not, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Process-wise, if I may, Mr. Desai, you and I have discussed this. Deer Park held a public hearing recently <clears throat> passing the, the resolution before having the hearing, which is out of order statutorily. But I understand there's some other problem that's going to 
cause another need for a hearing. Is that correct? Well, we're not sure yet, but we suspect there may be. Um, I'm going to have a telephone conference with the law director for Deer Park uh, tomorrow at 1130 a.m. So um, I'm going to walk him through all the uh, requirements and make sure they got everything buttoned up tight. Um, if for some reason they, they had a misstep on something, they, they can redo it. So it's not a, a problem that we can't correct. Okay, but as of this vote tonight, we are done on our end, correct? Correct. Uh, you have two, two trains moving on two parallel tracks, but whatever's going on with them does not stop us from moving forward. And we've complied with all the requirements regarding uh, publication, advance notice, public hearing, uh, receipt of a signed petition consenting to the JED by the property owner, et cetera. Thank you. All right, Mr. Ray Warwick, uh, Sycamore Township uh, Administrator. Okay, uh, first thing I have, gentlemen, I have seven uh, purchase orders that are over $2,500. These are uh, routine in that uh, when we got our last tax settlement, then we are obligated to go ahead and make certain payments uh, do uh, through the tips and I would suggest maybe I just briefly describe the seven and maybe you can uh, approve them all with one motion sounds good okay. that's good all right the, the first one is uh, you have these in your package and there's two of them which I'll point out where the the amounts have changed and I'll, I'll tell you why the first one is that for US Bank in the amount of uh, 633263 This is for the uh, uh, the Kenwood collection where we're acting as just the collection agency. And so we uh, got the taxes in, paid the schools, and this is the uh, pass-through through amount. The next one is for Pacewell LLC. Um, this has to do with not a TIF, but the ESID. And uh, this is where uh, folks uh, can apply to have their property tax applied to a loan based with some energy cost reductions and the like that they've done to their home. What happens is the uh, lender in this case, which is U.S. Bank, uh, we pay them, but we only pay them uh, when we get the money from the tax collection. And so at this point, the uh, money that's come in and that ESID is the $157,540.56. And so this is the amount we're remitting uh, uh, now. The next one is for Sycamore Board of Education. This is uh, uh, payments of uh, uh, to the school district that uh, uh, concern two TIFs, our TIF 29 and our TIF 44. 82,971.38. The next one is to Princeton City Schools, and the one you have in your packet uh, is not, it has been amended, so I have a new one here, and here's the reason it's been amended. Uh, originally was for TIF 45 and 33. Our TIF 25, which I believe is quantum chemical, that was one of the 1994 or prior TIFs that we uh, renewed and uh, the 1994 type TIF, the school districts didn't have to be consulted and most of the time we're not a part of it. Since we renewed it, we do have, we do want to make the school districts whole. So uh, we just found out that this is the time we need to start paying on TIF 25 
to uh, Princeton City Schools. So we have added that amount uh, to the other two TIFs that we owed them for, which uh, brings up the total cost to 239, 294, and 47 cents. The next one is for Great Oaks. Uh, same thing. Uh, we have to add the TIF 25 from uh, kind of uh, chemical area because it was renewed and we have to uh, bring them in now. And that raises their uh, purchase order amount to $23,445.91. <clears throat> Next is for Indian Hill Exempted Village. This is a uh, payment to them. It looks like uh, two, four, six, eight, about nine different TIFs. They all add up to two, uh, uh, $2,379,455.33. Once again, these are routine payments per the, uh, uh, what, it, what is outlaid in, the, in all of those tips. The last one is for Deer Park Community Schools. That's four different tips, $279,823.23. Uh, these are routine uh, payments that were obligated by what is uh, laid out in the tip agreements. And if I could have a motion, please, to approve motion these to seven approve. Uh, purchase orders. Motion to approve. I'll second Mr. Wayman's motion. Great. Um, I, I noticed that Cincinnati Schools was missing from this list, and I do believe that um, the uh, the property uh, just south of our Montgomery Road property uh, is in this partially, at least, in the Cincinnati School District. Do we have any distributions in Cincinnati Schools? We did not. I'll have to check on that. Maybe it hasn't uh, been processed yet, but no, we did not. Not this evening. Okay. Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Next up is uh, the language on political activities. I know there's been a lot of uh, work on this document. I, I think that uh, I have the, the uh, latest in front of me, and I believe Rob Ebel has it. And uh, uh, I'm going to, uh, Deepak, if, if you could take over and explain where we're at on this language, and Rob can put it up on the screen. <clears throat> sure, I'd be glad to. Okay, so um, you first notice that it says section seven colon political activity policy. This is a policy being proposed to be inserted into the township employee manual. And uh, it will get it would go into uh, section seven. Uh, the opening uh, paragraph um, is a paragraph that was actually um, passed uh, or approved, I should say, at the last meeting, uh, and that's the one that says that the employer values the First Amendment rights of an employee um, and commits to not. Uh, requesting assistance from the employee regarding political activities of any sort. Mr. Ebel, if you could scroll down and put the township related political activities 
up so we can see that in full. I do not have, okay, there we go. So this, the bottom two paragraphs, the paragraphs that appear under township hyphen related political activities. These are the two paragraphs that we tabled for lack of a better word um, at the last meeting. Um, I was asked to conduct some research to determine whether or not um, precinct executives um, should be exempt from this policy uh, because they have statutorily prescribed um, duties and are, are, their positions are creatures of statute. Um, it is a confusing issue because the revised code speaks about precinct um, officials. Um, however, a precinct official is not a precinct executive. A precinct official is an individual who essentially works for the board of election doing administrative tasks, um, getting the polling place ready, uh, registering constituents as they enter the polling place, giving them a ballot, collecting ballots, those type of things, things that are nonpartisan uh, administrative tasks that the board of election does. Precinct executives sometimes referred to as precinct captains, are actually not creatures of statute, meaning the revised code, nor are they creatures, uh, nor are their duties statutorily prescribed. Uh, they are essentially the foot soldiers of the respective political parties. Um, while they are elected, that is because the parties put that process in place. Um, while they do have duties, those are duties prescribed by the political parties. Um, they are partisan. <clears throat> if they are working for the Libertarian Party, um, they presumably are going to um, work for that candidate. But the point being that precinct executives, sometimes called precinct captains, are not creatures of the Ohio Revised Code, do not have duties under the Ohio Revised Code. Therefore, this policy remains, and when I say policy, I'm talking about the two paragraphs appearing under township-related political activities. These two paragraphs remain unchanged. Uh, so to speak. In other words, we did not make an exception for precinct executives. In the interim, the interim being the last meeting and tonight's meeting, um, Trustee Weedman brought forth a policy from Delhi Township that was shared with me. And it was a lengthy uh, policy, but it had some good stuff in it. Mr. Evil, if you could please go to the section just above the section we were discussing.
Deepak, I think he has that up. It's it's the employees are prohibited from using. It's that paragraph. Okay. Can can you scroll it down just a little bit, Mr. Ebel? Deepak, I believe that's all I have that was sent later this afternoon. I'm sorry. I used the wrong word. My fault. Scroll up. My apologies. There you go. Right there is good. So you'll see that we have... Thank you, Mr. Ebel. You'll see that we have uh, use of official authority, position, influence, insignia, or township. Um, it's kind of cut out on my screen, but basically, yeah, it's prohibited. So what this is, this policy basically says is that in these two paragraphs, you cannot wear your uniform, you cannot use township insignia, you cannot use your township title when you're dealing with any type of political campaign. So where I would bring this to you most particularly uh, focused is where it says that it doesn't matter in the, let's see, one, two, three, fourth line there, fifth line, whether it's a local, state, or federal candidate. So these two paragraphs, if you will, or the prohibition contained in this section of the policy is basically trying to make sure township employees understand that if you're engaged in political activity, political campaigning, you cannot give the appearance that you are a township, you're, you're speaking in an official township capacity. So you can't wear your uniform. You can't have a township logo. Uh, you can't use a township vehicle. Um, that is the essence of this policy. And it again came from Delhi Township. Um, and it seemed like it was a good addition to the policy we just reviewed because this policy is addressing a different issue. It's addressing the issue of not using your title, uniform, or insignia when you're engaged in political conduct to give the appearance that you're acting in a township, uh, an official capacity. The policies below that we talked about just prior to this, they are specifically limited to township politics. So the addition of the um, language provided by Delhi Township or received from Delhi Township is a nice addition because it goes a step further to say you can't use your township position, title, uniform, et cetera, when you're engaged in political activity. So we now have the entire policy, the one addition besides what we just discussed, Mr. Ebel, if you could scroll to the end, please. Um, is that the last sentence says, if the employee has any questions about the restrictions on political activity or campaigning to contact the law director. And that will hopefully allow for an employee to uh, uh, vet any um, concerns they have about applicability or inapplicability of the policies. Thank you, sir. Mr. Warwick? Uh, that explains it. I, I don't know if you want to move 
ahead with a motion or discussion? No, I'd like, like to have some comments, please. I'd like to, I'm going to call for a motion. Do we have a second before we discuss it? I have a call for a motion. Do we have a second? In, in terms of parliamentary procedure, there are motions, not calls for motion. So let me move. I move that we adopt this Section 7 political activity policy that we've just seen on the screen and have here in its entirety. And I'll second that. Now discussion? Yeah, um, I have some comments. Um, I want to continue to reiterate what I've said in the past meetings on this subject. I agree that we should do everything we can to make the workplace apolitical. But suggesting that in an effort to do that, we take away the First Amendment rights of our employees is a bad idea and violates the U.S. Constitution. This potentially subjects the township and our residents to serious financial liability that we really don't need them to be exposed to in order to make the workplace apolitical. At our last meeting, after our last meeting, rather, I had a discussion with three members of the legal community. One attorney that is heavily involved in government litigation, one local judge, and a professor of constitutional law that the judge got me in contact with. I asked them for their opinions as to the language that is currently being put forth and whether or not we should be concerned about, the possible, litig about possible litigation or First Amendment rights violations. I gave them all a copy of the Dayton v. Reynolds case and two of them said that while this 1983 case survived when it was originally brought forward, it may not have survived through the Court of Appeals had it been tested. Two of them asked the identical question, why do you wanna go down that slippery slope with all the pitfalls it includes? I'm sure the reason they asked me that question because I presented to them in an objective manner and they just assumed that I was in support of the language. One of them suggested that if the true goal was to make the workplace apolitical, we could very easily do that with language that did not infringe on the First Amendment rights of our employees. It was unanimous by all three of these legal scholars that the language that is presented could put our township and in turn our residents in serious legal jeopardy and financial, with financial liability and all three of them discouraged the use of the language as presented. Even our own law director in the last meeting advised us that there are no guarantees that this language protects us from litigation. And he told us, and I quote, the vast majority of these cases are decided in favor of the employee, end quote. Let me reiterate that if our goal is to truly adopt a policy that creates an apolitical workplace, the Delhi Township language that I provided to the board and was incorporated into the most recent document provided by Mr. Desai achieves that goal. However, if you instead are trying to achieve an apolitical work, if you are tr not trying to achieve an apolitical workplace, but rather an apolitical life outside of our of work for our employees, then the last two paragraphs certainly does achieve that goal. But that is not what the originally stated objective was. And the language in the two last paragraphs, as suggested by the three legal scholars that, out, that, that weighed in on it, comes with great vulnerability for our township and its residents. Finally, let me just say, if the board is going to support the language in the last two paragraphs of the most recent version provided by Mr. Desai, 
then I would agree with Mr. James' suggestion at the last meeting that we exclude employees who are township residents from the policy as adopted. Um, I, and I would, I would ask that Mr. James would consider modifying, based on the suggestion he had at the last meeting, if he would modify his, uh, his motion to include it. Any further discussion? I, I have some discussion. I'm not interested in amending the motion now after discussions with Mr. Desai and research I've done into this as well. Mr. Desai, am I correct in my understanding that there, there's always the risk of someone litigating over something out there? There are frivolous litigation rules that sometimes prevent that, but people do things. But you are confident that, uh, based upon your research, this uh, policy to uh, put in place an apolitical workspace is something that courts have determined to be a uh, compelling government interest that uh, allows for restrictions such as these, including for township residents who are township employees? Yeah, the last two paragraphs that I believe Mr. Weedman is referring to, correct. I would agree with that because I got that language directly out of the case. All right. And you have put in this uh, safety valve at the end where the employee should contact the employer's law director if he or she has any questions about the employer's restrictions on political activity or campaigning so that if there is a borderline issue, an employee can come to you and the township can resolve it or address it or potentially amend the plan if needed. If, if you determine then under the facts of the situation, there is jeopardy. Is that correct? That is correct. And I that was not an original idea in the uh, number of cases we reviewed. That was one of the things in one of the policies in another case that the court found to be positive was an opportunity for employees to be able to clarify. Okay. Well, just continuing my comments, I, I was very pleased, Mr. Weedman, that you shared the Delhi policy. I looked to that and quoted part of it myself in our last meeting, as a matter of fact. Um, I, I think it is a good policy, but as Mr. Desai said, it, it's got a slightly different focus than the second half of this policy we're putting together. Uh, the Delhi policy is essentially a reiteration of state law already, which says employees aren't supposed to use public property for their own purposes uh, or the accoutrements of office for their own purposes. But it, it's a, a good reminder of that and a good summation of that. The second part is to ensure an apolitical workspace, workplace for our employees so they're not pressured by us into having to do things to try to please us, the elected official, uh, or to seek favor from us and potentially mistreat residents in the misguided view that a trustee wants something, for example. That puts employees in a terrible position to have to play politics, basically, when we have professionals, very good people who do their jobs very well. Mr. Kellens is one who does his job very well. Um, we don't want him feeling that pressure. He's a township resident, for goodness sake. So I, I think this is a good workable plan. Mr. Desai has thoroughly vetted it. We took a pause after the last meeting to vet it again. Now, Mr. Weedman, you say you have three legal scholars, which scholars sounds very important. Who are they? Um, I'm not gonna tell you who they are because I promised I wouldn't tell it, I wouldn't uh, reveal them. So uh, two of them, you know, they're, they're very prominent in the Cincinnati uh, community. And the third one is a uh, law professor that's not in town here, it's out of town. Okay, and did any of them express these views in writing to you? Um, that, that I'm not gonna tell, tell you. It's, if, if you look, if you discount these folks and their opinion, I'm okay with that. But I, I'm, on, I'm on record, public record, letting everyone know 
that I think this, I'm in opposition to violating in the first, very first sentence, we talk about the importance of the First Amendment rights of our employees. And in the last two paragraphs, we totally torpedo their rights. So I'm just, uh, I'm strictly, I'm, I'm one vote and I'm strictly on record as letting you know that I'm, op I'm opposed to the language in the last two paragraphs. Uh, and that's, I mean, it's pretty simple. Okay, yeah, I, I do. But by, by your answer, it sounds like there are some written opinions you've received here and they don't like voicing them perhaps, but you're offering your non-lawyers translation of lawyers' views. And I, I'm an attorney. I respect other attorneys' views and perspectives. And I want to hear other sides of things. But without seeing these or even knowing who they are, that's difficult to do. I, I will note also that if these are in writing and we're, we're conveyed to you as part of the meeting, then they are, are public records, I would think. Use your personal email for township business. So we're actually making a record here, I suppose, in the recording of this. So let this serve as my public records request to the township and its trustees for copies of any written opinions received, because I would like to consider them. And I, I hope you'll produce them and honor this public records request so that I can see them. Because frankly, if there's something compelling in there, I'm open to changing my mind. But our township law director has assured us that this satisfies the boundaries of what you need for a compelling government interest. So, so I can I can just answer your question about uh, I can answer your question right now. There is no document that I can provide you that will that will uh, uh, meet your uh, your your request for uh, public records request. So uh, I've answered it publicly already. So it's all done. So there is no Mr. record. James, and if, if, if Mr. James, if I could just interrupt, I, I do believe that we we vetted through this and we're getting towards 9 p.m. Could I maybe suggest that? since we have some other business that we move on to the vote. Okay, let's, Mr. Porter, would you call a vote, please? Mr. LaBarbera. Aye, yes. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. No. Okay, Mr. Warwick, you have other business? Yeah, I just wanted to fill you in quickly on uh, the ch few uh, changes in the uh, COVID-19 operating process. I sent you uh, a memo earlier this week, and I'm sure you were able to read that for yourself. Uh, basically, uh, the administrative folks that were working at home for the most part over the last uh, few weeks uh, returned to the office this week. Uh, they still have the ability to work virtually from home if they feel uncomfortable anyway, or if they are left with other COVID-19 things like childcare and the like. Um, but things uh, continue to run smoothly. We could, we had a discussion with staff about maybe opening up a portion of the lobby so that uh, people could come in and conduct zoning business. The consensus was that things were going very smoothly with the way we're doing it, dropping uh, plans in a bin at the fire station and then following up. So we were comfortable that we really weren't uh, um, adversely affecting any citizens by leaving the front door shut uh, for a, a while longer. We're still taking temperatures, cleaning everything. We have masks and gloves available. We still have that special pool of hours that an employee could use um, uh, if they had to miss work due to a, a COVID-19 uh, event, no one has uh, asked for any of those hours uh, at this point. 
so we feel good about all of that. Uh, I think you all heard what the uh, governor said today that we are, there is movement to open barbershops on the 15th, outside, out, outside dining on May 15th, and indoor dining, I believe, on May 21st. So I th think things will start to move now. Uh, we'll have to visit this again, certainly. We're getting a lot of uh, 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 questions and uh, uh, from the baseball and soccer coaches. Can we come back? Um, we really weren't hearing much from them for a while, but now we're getting the questions. Um, um, I don't know that I, I just mentioned that for your background. I don't know that we're prepared to address that because I'm not sure where that falls in the phases that the governor's putting forth. I doubt that it's in this phase. We, they didn't talk about it because I don't think they talked about uh, uh, gymnasiums or, or fitness centers yet either. Um, uh, the newsletter is due to, to be published. Uh, Mr. James will write the uh, cover this time, and Beth and I talked with Mr. James about we, we'd like to do an abbreviated newsletter, maybe even a postcard-style newsletter, because the last newsletter we did, unfortunately, we had published just before uh, the shutdown happened and all, all the calendar events had to be canceled. So we'd like to uh, uh, have a, a uh, just a short newsletter uh, for this uh, quarter edition. Um, uh, other than that, I think things have gone very well. I think that uh, the staff has been very flexible in all the things that we asked them to do. Um, the, the maintenance staff, for sure, working shorthanded, reporting to duty in different places. Um, I didn't hear any complaints about that whatsoever. Uh, the fire department has been exercising all that extra caution on the runs. Uh, no one has complained about a thing. Uh, all the citizens that we've encountered have been very cooperative and understanding. Um, and uh, they're missing some of the services that we routinely would provide. But uh, we have told them as soon as we have a better handle on, on the, uh, what the uh, rules are, that we will get back to those things. Uh, as Tracy mentioned, we will move ahead with the compost giveaway because we don't have to have uh, contact with, with uh, uh, the folks while we do that. The other thing that we could move ahead with is the, uh, uh, the brush chipping because um, we really don't have contact with folks uh, with that. So under the emergency plan where I can uh, kind of uh, steer the car and I think that Tracy, as he's able with manpower constraints, we ought to maybe do the uh, the uh, brush uh, chipping and collection. And I'll just leave that to him to, to, to figure out. Um, uh, the parks, I mean, we um, they I, I don't know where they fall in the rules because there are gathering in parks. And uh, we're going to seek to get some clarity on that because these sports teams are uh, itching to go now, and I think that's great. And uh, uh, we have kept track of all of the people who had shelters in the community room reserve and uh, have kept that list so that as things uh, uh, open up in that regard, 
they will be con contacted uh, in that order to see if they would like to reschedule. Um, but other than that, I think uh, it's going well and it looks like uh, we're moving to open up the state and I think that's great. And I'd like to commend uh, all of our folks for being uh, flexible and uh, making it happen. I don't know, did I miss anything, Tracy? I think you covered it all. Mr. James, any uh, any questions? Mr. Weedman, any questions? Nope. nope. Okay, fiscal officer Rob Porter, uh, your report, any communications uh, that you have and your report? Yes, yes, uh, I have two communications tonight. Um, one is from a Mr. Thomas Atkins of uh, Farwick Court. Um, he uh, uh, sent in an email thanking the um, maintenance crew for their work in uh, picking up the yard waste after the um, recent storm. Um, said they did a tremendous job. And then I also I have a communication from uh, a uh, Francis Costello uh, thanking the EMS squad for the um, uh, kind care they gave her uh, after a recent fall. She did not have um, the names of the individuals that um, made the run, but she would like the chief to put some kind of accommodation in their file for uh, for them on their uh, good service. That's all I have. Any questions? Trustees, comments? Any comments? I have uh, I have some, but uh, I'll defer to Mr. James and Mr. Weedman. Uh, yeah, I, I do have some comments. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, first, let me say I want to extend a special thanks to Tracy and our maintenance crew for the excellent job they did cleaning up the significant mess throughout the township after the recent storm. They did a really great job. So, Tracy, thank you to you and your team. Um, I was happy to work with Duke and Jewish Hospital on their power outage during the same storm a couple, a couple of weeks ago. Their power went out at night, and I got a text from, from Jewish Hospital personnel that they needed help on getting power restored because although they do have a generator, it supplies power to all of the critical areas, but not to all of the areas of the hospital. Within a handful of hours in close communication with Duke Upper Management, we were able to get the power restored to the hospital. I want to extend a special thanks to the men and women of our EMS fire and sheriff deputies for their continued service to the residents of Sycamore Township. Even when you're not out on call, you continue to find the time to do drive-bys and brighten the day of our quarantined residents, both young and old. So thank you for the great job you do. Uh, I want to thank Joe Smith, Joe Kendall, and Derek Talby from Silver Spring House for working with me to supply dinner to our EMS and firefighters a couple of weekends ago. They came in with food Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night to make sure they hit all three of our shifts. And I want to also thank Montgomery Inn for their support of our safety services as well. As a member of the board of the Hamilton County EMA Homeland Security, I was happy to be to work with our director, Nick Crosley, and Chief Penny to provide additional masks and gowns for our EMS fire personnel. More importantly, we are working on a supply of more permanent respirator masks for the crew with an anticipated delivery of mid-June. And those are the masks that uh, that Chief referred to before. As I mentioned in past meetings, I've been working with the Hawksworth Blood Center and Kenwood Town Center to set up a remote blood drive location in the Kenwood Town Center parking lot. 
the logistics of this have been difficult because of the social distancing guidelines that you that must be adhered to. Fortunately, with the plea from Attorney General Yost in March to donate blood and the elimination of electric, elective surgery until recently, the Hawksworth Blood Center is in really good shape on the blood supply at this time. They are, however, in an active program to collect convalescent plasma from the recovered COVID-19 patients who have been found cleared from the disease and have developed enough antibodies in their plasma. Convalescent donor plasma may ameliorate the progression of the disease and even in some patients change significantly the outcome of the disease progression. If you know of anybody that has recovered from active COVID-19 and is willing to donate plasma, please have them contact the Hotsworth Blood Center at 513-451-0228. Let me repeat that number, 513-451-0228. Um, on another note, I am scheduling either a webcast or meeting or uh, a webcast meeting or conference call of the Hamlin County Township Association next Tuesday evening with Senator Bill Blessing to discuss the details of the CARES Act and the distribution of those funds. As you may know, SB 310 passed yesterday, providing a formula for distribution of the $1.2 billion the state is receiving in federal funds. SB 310 authorized the distribution of the first $350 million to all 88 counties using the local government fund revenue percentages from 2019. These funds may not be deposited in the general fund, but may only be used to offset unbudgeted expenses related to COVID-19 between March 1st and December 30th, 2020. If this money isn't used for the specific purpose, it must be returned to the county for redistribution. In my conversation with Senator Bill Blessing last night, he advised that there is a push for using at least some of the remaining care funds for revenue shortfalls from the COVID-19 virus. He will have more detailed information next week. And last, but certainly not least, to our residents. I hope everyone continues to stay healthy and safe. And if there is anything we can do to help you, please let us know. That's all I have for tonight. Thanks, Tom. Um, Mr. James, uh, any comments? Yes, let, let, me, let me reiterate what Mr. Weedman said there uh, in several ways. Certainly to our, res our residents, please do stay safe. And the, the praise Mr. Weedman has given to our, our local restaurants and others and our staff for what they've done is well-deserved. We have a stellar staff here at the township, wonderful employees, professionals, uh, workers out there on the line, workers in the office, and all of you do a great job and work hard for people. You, you put yourselves out there and that's, that's just a wonderful thing. We live in such a wonderful community and i think some of us take that for granted sometimes but this is a great place because of the great people we have running things so i, I really appreciate all they're doing how they've stepped up in this time of emergency um the staff has been working the office staff has been working remotely for a while um they've come back in the office as, as uh, mr work has said here and uh, they've, they've gone above and beyond with that um during this this time of COVID-19, as, as elected officials here in the township, I know all of us have heard from uh, residents in the township who have varying opinions on what's going on in the state with all of this. The governor's getting praise and flack from all sides in what's going on. 
some of us have been asked to take a stand on some of these things or vote as trustees. But I, I, would, I would let the public know we all have our opinions on things like this. But as township trustees, we have limited authority in what we can do. We all want the state open back up as soon as safe is, as is safely possible. Many people disagree on when that is or whether that already is there or whether it mattered at all as to things being closed. But uh, that's not something within the scope of our authority, so it's not something we can really vote on. Um, but we are working to make whatever happens as comfortable as possible for our residents, our, our businesses, our restaurants. And toward that end, I would encourage everyone who's not already doing it. Restaurants will be reopening soon, but they are doing takeout now, and they really need your business. Some of our finer restaurants in the township are doing uh, takeout business as well now, right around the mall. Please, if you can, patronize them. Patronize the other, the fast food restaurants that are still doing their business. Um, let's keep commerce going. Um, I, I want to join in also on a comment that uh, Mr. Warwick read early on that came in through Facebook. Uh, I believe that was Chris's comment from what I saw in the information in that. But um, it was a comment about townships and, and cities and others needing to be open to the public, even in times like this. And that is absolutely correct. We need to, to hear comments from people and we need to publicize those comments. And we're doing our best to do that. We're doing it uh, through Zoom communication here. We had some public comments that way in the public hearing we had before this meeting. We're reading written comments we're getting, and hopefully we'll be back where we can have live meetings again at some point too, where people can come in and, and talk, or at least make it easy for them to do it remotely. But yeah, we need to hear from the public. We work from that work for them. We are trustees and a fiscal officer, and as trustees in particular, the word trustee has legal meaning. It means we have a duty, a fiduciary duty, to put the interests of the public and their business before our own. When we have information that affects their business in some way, uh, authoritative information, we need to share it with each other and with the public. We need to put the finances of the public before our own. We need to respect that trust. And so that's what our job is. Um, so thanks to the public for getting through all of this. and. Uh, Thanks to all of you for all the work you do. Bob, thank you. Uh, I will echo the, my fellow trustees' feelings about the work that Chief Penny and his staff has done and Tracy and the guys and uh, Lieutenant Smith. Um, this coronavirus is touching a lot of people. My newsman for 15 years at WLW passed away the other day from the virus, uh, Bill Ridenauer, and uh, so it hit home, but he was 94 years old and living in a retirement home and uh, what's well, touching so many people. Earlier this week, the Ohio Treasurer, uh, Robert Sprague's office contacted me. I was on a conference call. Uh, thanks to Chief Penny, I gave them an update on what, what we have in way of um, response to in Sycamore Township. Uh, they wanted to know what we could do, what they could do to help us. They uh, have a couple of programs where we could borrow money uh, because of the COVID-19, and uh, they're working on another new program. I told them at the present time we're in fine financial shape, but if anything changes, uh, I'm glad that they are available. Uh, Mr. Warwick, I'd like to move forward with the resident, uh, Stanley Sporton's idea that you read asking for the formation of a Citizens Finance and Audit Committee. Uh, if we can put that on our website, I suggest we ask for volunteers Hopefully we can get four, maybe six members, and they would meet once a month. But I'd like to have us, uh, Mr. Warwick, post that on our 
the request for those members on our webpage again for the formation of a citizens finance and audit committee. Uh, I want to go on record as the trustee, uh, echoing what Mr. James just said. I'm asking you, Mr. Warwick, with fiscal officer Rob Porter, to help provide the board with accurate and timely financial numbers. Uh, I know you started to do that, Mr. Warwick. I would like to see those numbers monthly. This hasn't been done in the past. We want a monthly report. It is our fiduciary responsibility. Um, that's all I have. Uh, again, thank you for the uh, opportunity uh, to work with the, the residents in the township. We all love hearing from you. If anything we can do for you, let us know. Uh, announcement changes. The Memorial Day parade, as we mentioned, that's been canceled on the 25th. Spring compost, as uh, Tracy mentioned, it's on for this Saturday, beginning at 8 a.m. Next trustee workshop meeting, Tuesday, May 19th at 9 a.m. And uh, please check our website calendar for more information, any discussion at all on those. I'll make a motion to adjourn. Do we have a second? Mr. Chair, before, before you do that, um, and I apologize for interrupting, uh, you had um, asked uh, Mr. Warwick to um, get the committee going that Mr. Fortin had discussed. Yes. I think that's, I think that's something that should be done by motion. Okay, I'll make a motion that uh, we go forward with trying to establish a uh, the formation of a citizens finance and audit committee. I'll second that. Mr. Porter. I'll add, I think, oh, sorry. I'll add, I think this is a good idea just to have some citizen input and another set of eyes on things to help us all better understand what we're doing and what our spending priorities are. Some of our neighboring communities do this as well, Sims in particular. Um, and I think it's a useful thing. It, it, hopefully it'll be an aid to Mr. Porter as well uh, in these things. Okay, Mr. Porter, roll call. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. I'll make a motion now to adjourn. Do we have a second? Second. Good night. Uh, stay safe. Stay healthy.